Hello and welcome to another episode of the FOMOcast. I'm Chris, here with Tim. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. So um, we're recording a day later. Uh, we decided to get some Warzone in last night, so we're recording here on a Friday night. It should drop Saturday morning. I got a lot of stuff to cover since we last talked to you. We took kind of a week off for Thanksgiving, but we gave you a later episode to cover that up. Um, a lot of stuff in gaming, uh, movie, TV, things all over the place. Um, we want to make sure you go check us out. You can search us facebook.com slash FOMOcast. We do have a new uh, group page for um, FOMOcast Gaming. So we have a page and a group for that. So search FOMOcast Gaming. Easiest way to get there is fb.gg slash FOMOcast Gaming. Um, we also have Instagram, which is FOMOPod. Twitter, FOMO underscore cast. And um, you can also find us on YouTube, search FOMOcast. And TikTok, FOMOcast Gaming. If you want all the links for us, all you have to do is go type this in. It's kind of, it's it's a different link, but I like it. It's kind of a cool website. It's called, it's for Linktree, but it's uh, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash FOMOcast. Um, and basically it has every single one of our links for our Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, and Instagram. So if you can't remember them, they're right there. You can also search Tim on Twitch tc mendo um where he streams our stuff too so you can watch us either on facebook gaming or on twitch um so let's get into it tim um you tim's been helping with the agenda because usually i do the whole agenda but tim's been knocking it out of the park um we had two people who passed away first we had i don't even know how to say this it says hugh keys burn um, so i'm glad you uh, you took the lead on that one um, so he played an Immortem Joe on Mad Max Fury Road, but Tim said he was also in one of the original Mad Maxes. Yeah, like the original one uh, when uh, Mel Gibson was a baby. Um, he was Toe Cutter in the 1979 film Mad Max. Okay. Um, so, you, I mean, <clears throat> obviously he looks different back then because it was in 79. Um, and the one recently was in 2015, uh, but it's you. <clears throat> you would have to watch the film, and I, he was one of the part of the. If if I remember right, I mean I remember seeing him <clears throat> um, when I googled it because it said, "Oh, hey, he was you know reprised the role in Mad Max again." I'm like, really? Um, but yeah, he was just one of the I think motorcycle gang men or lawmen out there. Um, and then the 2015 one, um, he's the ruler of the wasteland, wears a clear plastic Kara priest chest armor over oozing sores, his long white hair flailing around a skeleton smile mask he uses to hide his breathing apparatus. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that. But he's yeah, very he, recognizable in, in the, yeah, in the he's, newer one. He's, yeah, he has a very distinct look to it. And yeah. I think he was like 79, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was sad to uh, because when it first came out, it's like, oh yeah, I remember him because he's like you say he's got the the skeleton smile on his little. It almost looks like a CPAP machine. Um, and yeah. then it says he was in the original one. It's like, oh, I didn't know that. So and he looked like I mean a a bigger guy. I mean as far as you know, broad shouldered, wide chest. So um, he played the the role really well in in the new one didn't look like and i can't 
remember to be honest what he passed away from or even if anything's come out um on how he passed away so um but yeah so we gotta we gotta keep up but i think this is the third episode in a row that we started out with uh with people passing away so hopefully with the in the next episode um there's really nobody that's uh that we need to put in the in the beginning and could just start on a on a happy note the other person who passed away um, is from by you. He was an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, and I just uh, kind of just a quick note on on him. Uh, like you said, he was down here in Kingsburg. wasn't uh, born in Kingsburg, but um, they moved. Uh, his family moved there when I think he was nine, and his name is um, Rafer Rafer Johnson. Uh, and the only reason I like I said put him in here is I saw it pop up on Facebook. He was um, an Olympic gold medalist in the decathlon in 1960, which is in Rome. Silver medalist in 56 in Melbourne. Uh, gold medalist in the 55 Pan Am Games in, in Mexico City. So, um, yeah, so that, that kind of stinks with him. And, and for, obviously, everybody that doesn't know the decathlon, probably the most famous person to do the decathlon was um, a person formerly known as Bruce Jenner. Um, so... Uh, and I think he was one of the, it's, and the crazy decathlon, obviously DECA stands for 10. So it's 10 different events over two days, um, primary, uh, all in track and field. And it's, it's crazy, um, on everything that, that they have to do. And it's on a point based system. So kind of things to see, see him pass away. And I know the local high school here has a, uh, uh, stadium, named after a former Olympian that was um, from my hometown, or not my hometown, town I live in right now. So sad to see another Olympian pass away down in this area. So Yeah. Um, it, it is difficult, like, especially right now with everything going on with, you know, COVID and whatnot and other ailments. It does feel like some people, a lot of people are dying from, uh, uh, I don't know, it's weird. It feels like, other things than COVID and again, it kind of gets swept under the rug because it's not, you know, something big like that. So exactly. It's not the predominant thing. Yeah. Um, so onto a more positive stuff, we're going to, I don't like to just gloss over it, but you know, our thoughts and prayers are with their families and, uh, you know, it, it's, it's not, it's not awesome to deal with. Um, but we do have more positive stuff like, uh, the fact that, the McRib is back for the first time in eight years nationwide. Finally. I haven't seen a McRib probably. I haven't done pest control in four years. And it was probably two years before that was the last. So about six years is the last time I've seen a McRib. And really? I remember the McRib, the McRib tracker was like up and live. And literally I would see it like in two spots. So... I do believe they said there's like a chicken shortage or something like that. So maybe, you know, that was why they decided just, you know, not to focus on that. But, um, uh, well, and, and probably, you know, at that point in time, I think a lot of stuff was more the health crazes coming out and wanting fast food restaurants to be quote unquote healthier with, yeah. uh, I mean, when you deep fry something, yes, you're deep frying it in oil, but they want, you know, organic, gluten-free soy oil you know type deal where they want it yeah it is bad for you but it's not let's not make it 
really, as really bad. bad. Right. Yeah, exactly. So as of um, this past Wednesday, uh, McRib is back nationwide. That's crazy. Um, that was a quick one because we have such much deep stuff. We're gonna so we're gonna bring the, the last one dealing with the same person up because it kind of leads into it. So yeah. Johnny Depp stepped away. Um, he said that Warner Brothers asked him to step away from the Fantastic Beasts franchise, and um, I mean, understandably, they're looking at their image. Um, it's not a perfect relationship. I'm not going to get into them, the relationship itself. It's just they asked him to step away. And um, the crazy part is, is that if you haven't watched the Fantastic Beasts movie, um, go ahead and skip ahead for a little bit because, I mean, you know. Well, kind of, I, so be- before you go into that, as you said, you know, they, they parted ways. It seemed like, or maybe I didn't hear that much about it, that it was more so maybe like a mutual parting or it no, wasn't. it was not. It was not mutual at all. No, it was what, not it mutual. No, no. He flat out came out and said that his, his, they want, they asked him to step, to step away from the film because they were waiting for, so he had a case in London against the tabloid because, um, you know, as we're going to get into it, his ex-wife Amber Heard has a lot of stuff going against her, accusations that she was the one actually abusing him and there's phone calls there's medical records from him going to the hospital when she stabbed him and he almost lost a finger like it was legit like a bunch of crazy stuff like super two two super toxic toxic people and they just it went to the extreme so they asked him to but here's the crazy part so if you haven't watched any of the fantastic beast movies So, so he couldn't have been under contract then right no he was under contract and he didn't fight that well, hold on. Let me get to it. <laughs> so, basically, what happened was um, he had a lawsuit against a tabloid, and he lost the la- lawsuit finally. So he lost the lawsuit. It is what it is. So basically, what happened was the lawsuit in London was against a tabloid for putting out false information, and when it didn't, when it came through that they didn't believe him and that it wasn't defamation on in the London's eyes, the London court's eyes, they basically opened the door for Warner Brothers to say, hey, get, get out of here. But here was all I was trying to say. So if you haven't watched the movies, to skip two seconds, 20 seconds away, and, and I'll do this real quick. So in the first movie, he's a shapeshifter. He's a different person. So, um, he was played by uh, Colin Farrell played the original character. And then he was, that was a disguise. So in the Harry Potter world, you can basically pose as somebody else. So legitimately Grindelwald and all this stuff could be any person. He, he doesn't have a distinct form really. So Johnny Depp was supposed to be his distinct form, but you can have everyone. That's why I like the hiring of Mads Mikkelsen because He's a great actor. Love him in Star Wars. He literally now is in Star Wars. He's now going to be in the Harry Potter everything. And he's in Marvel. So he legitimately is hitting all of them. All he has to do is go into to, to, um, uh, DC and he would hit every single one. Maybe maybe he has been in a DC. I can't remember. Someone was saying that he was like, he's hitting all the big ones. Um, so those that don't know who Mads Mikkelsen is, he played... Um, uh, Hannibal Lecter and the Hannibal Lecter TV sh- series. 
Um, he played, I can't remember his name in Marvel, but he was the bad guy in the Doctor Strange movie. And then he also played, oh, what's his name in, oh, now it's going to bother me in, um, I'm going to look it up now. In, he was in Rogue, Rogue One? One. Yeah. Galen Urso. Yeah, Galen, G- uh, Galen Urso. So he played Galen Jen Urso's Urso. dad. He played Jen yeah. Urso's dad. So what I really like about Mads Mikkelsen is like he's like got a great range and he's played so much. So so for he was in Death Standing Stranding too. So he's in a video game voiceover. Um so yes, he was Galen Urso, and before that he was uh uh Cassilius in Doctor Strange. So he was in Rihanna music video too. What the heck? Okay. Um Great actor. I really like him. He's been acting for not that long, 2007. That's pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah. He was, in the, he was in the 007 movies as well. Oh, the newer yeah. ones. Yeah, he was the bad guy in that. Yeah, Lay Chiffre. I know I butchered that. Yeah, you did. Um, but just, you know, I, I, I'm kind of. Um, it is what it is. I don't care too much about the change, but I do think that, you know, um, Johnny Depp. So he is suing the, the, the studio for defamation. So, so the thing is, like you say, he's under contract contracts don't work the way I think you think they do in the movies. Cause you can change them and a win that, that there's outs in all those contracts. So they, there's, he has nothing against them on that, but he does have an out because if any executives say, Oh, we're getting rid of them because of this. That's that's that they can't do that. It's kind of like in California, where like if you was in California, if you ever notice, if you ever been let go from a job and they don't tell you why, um, and they say it's just differences, is because if they give you a reason why they're letting you go, well, then you can basically fight it in court or whatever, saying, "Look, they said I did this. That's why they're. That's why they don't give you a reason. Same thing with the movie theater. They're probably the movie studio. They're probably just saying, okay, you're, you're just, just kind of bounce. They probably gave him some money, but now he's suing him for defamation, which leads us into the fact that there is a petition. Two million people have signed a petition to get Amber Heard removed from Aquaman two over all this stuff. The evidence I've seen is very damning against her because of her basically belittling him like there's recordings audio which are not admissible in court so it's not like they can do anything but he he legitimately it was being verbally abused at least and there is photos of him losing his finger one of his friends or his assistants took video and audio and pictures of his finger and the incidences so there's a lot going on to it but do you remove her from a movie yeah that's, I mean, and like you said, it's kind of like with, you know, when Mel Gibson went through all of his stuff where it's got the recordings or whatnot, and depending on what state you're in, um, like you said, it's most of the time it's illegal without them asking for your knowledge or you not knowing about it. That's why when you get any phone calls from call centers, like I was on one earlier today, you know, they say, hey, this um, phone call will be recorded for, you know, whatever purposes. Um, they have to let you know. Uh, so like you said, with this one, yeah, it does 
you know, put shed a bad light on her because there is proof on it, even though it may have been um, obtained or recorded, quote unquote, illegally. But I mean, the proof's in the pudding, but I don't know. It's, I mean, 2 million signatures is a lot too. Normally when you see it, it's, oh, if it gets, you know, a million or close to it, a couple hundred thousand, eh, you know, it's kind of uh, has some traction where this one, where it's in the, the multi-millions. Right. Um, it'll be that, interesting. I, I think that's the, that's the most I've seen on like a change.org type of a petition. That's a lot. Two million, that's a lot. Of oh, yeah. That's a lot. And at change.org, it's not just you log on and sign it. You have to put in like your name and email. You kind of almost have to kind of sign up for it to right. do it. So that way they could say, they you know, cro- they can corroborate the, who it actually is an actual person. Yeah. The legality of it. Um, so, I mean, it's not just, oh, sign on, sign your name or type in your name and click. Yeah, it, it's good to go. There's a, some steps to it. Granted, it's not a lot. But it'll be interesting to see what they do or if they come out with the statement or, you know, kind of just don't do anything and, uh, you know, go par for the course on it. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But I mean, in in this day and age, too, you're seeing a lot of these um, not necessarily change. Well, change dot orgs, but people wanting, you know, one thing or another thing and getting these petitions going. Um, Which there's there's a, them, there's a ton of them on there. There's a, there's so many like yeah like you oh, said they're not all they're not all going to be you know legit. No exactly. And change.org is the I think the more popular one to do it. But you could go in there. I mean I could start one tomorrow on you know uh, you know taking the McRib off of McDonald's menu and get a whole bunch of people's signatures on it. Yeah. But, you know with with this day and age and especially with all the topics that are going on you know uh you get you kind of got to strike while while the iron's hot on it so you could get a lot of people to sign it because that's the the hot topic or the the issue at hand right now um or maybe if it happened years before yeah probably not going to get as as many people to do it um so it's it's interesting because most of the time, like you were saying, it's usually, I mean, you know, if you want to say that the domestic violence or whatnot is usually the male on the female, or if it's a female right. on a male or the male is the recipient of it, whether it's from a female or another male, you know, perfect example is um, Terry Crews. You know, we all kind of see how that played out or is playing out. And with this being, you know, Amber Heard on Johnny Depp. It's uh, you know, it's kind of kind of out of the out of the ordinary. But that's not to say that it it doesn't happen. So, but like saying with two million signatures, that's that's nothing to sneeze at there. No. So, I hope that's the last. Of the, that's the last. I think of the the bad bad news because we don't want anyone to hurt nobody. You, you don't. We don't want anyone to hurt anybody. We you want everything to be peaceful. We know things are going to be like that. And sometimes, not to say this is the case, but some people who some richer individuals do take liberties with certain things because they do feel like 
they could pay stuff off, which I just watched. Ironically enough, it's a little sidetracked, but it's kind of related. Um, I just watched a thing about Gustavo has his own little Facebook page and he's been posting on it a lot because people are talking about like him being in the industry and how he made it, stuff like that. Well, talked about how he got two LAPD officers um, suspended because they saw him smelling weed and holding a big old bag of weed and they didn't arrest him, didn't do anything. It was illegal at the time. And TMZ got him, uh, those guys suspended. And basically what they were saying was, you know, like he's a celebrity, let him go. And that's what they, a lot of them do expect. And then the worst part is, is when they don't get let go, then it's like, oh, they did it because they were famous. They were more, they were like, you know, rough with them, whatever. So like people don't remember Reese Witherspoon. Do you know who I am? They're on camera. She's on camera saying, do you know who I am? Love her to death. But that's a mentality. So wasn't that the one where she was on the Vespa? I don't know. I know she was against the car because they have her on the dash cam saying, "Do you know who I am?" Yeah, so. I can't remember if, if it was the same one. And like, if it was her, where she was on the Vespa and they got the kid and the husband, and she like gets back on whether she gets let to go or if it's the same incident, and she like jets out of there on the Vespa, cuts off a car, and she's got the kid on the back of it. It's like. Okay, A, strike one, you know, you pulled the do you know who I am, which is the ultimate, you know, whether whether you want to say it or not, or in the in the right to say it, it's obviously it's always gonna get pulled out against you, whether it happened yesterday, last year, or you know, fifty years ago. That's always gonna surface up. And B, it's like Dude, you're operating a motorized vehicle recklessly with the kid on the back. You know who cares about your life, but what about the kid? So, I, I think it's the same one, but if not, then it's somebody else. But yeah, yeah no, you, you gotta love when they pull out the "Do you know who I am?" I'm gonna yeah, try that next that's... time and see how it works. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, uh, the next thing we have, we have a lot of stuff. So Tim has not watched the latest episode of the Mandalorian. He's one week behind. Um, me and him did discuss everything about, cause he has questions about like certain characters. So we'll do, um, what we'll do is we'll hold off on reviewing it and we'll do a season review at the end of the season. So we'll do a special separate podcast, just reviewing Mandalorian. Sorry, Connor from Kong Kong's Cantina. We're going to steal some of your thunder. But um, one thing that did happen entertainment-wise is um, The Mandalorian made it in the top 10 for the Nielsen program, which they test the Nielsen rating system. Um, for those that don't know, I believe now it's mostly digital. The box tracks it, but they do give you a box. You're a Nielsen family. Um, sad part is I can never be a part of a Nielsen family. Tim can never be a part of a Nielsen family now because of doing the podcast because you know, someone could say, oh, they find out you're a part of the Nielsen family and you can give them great reviews for their show or leave it running on the thing. And it tracks who's watching it. You have a code to enter in all this stuff. Well, the Mandalorian made it the top 10. And that's insane because they're saying that the Mandalorian isn't even the most successful show on on Disney Plus. Really? Yeah, they said that it, it isn't the most streamed show on Disney Plus. Um, I can't remember what it is. They said it, it is not uh, Mandalorian. I, well, I could kind of see that. Like, if you have kids that, you know, some type of kid episode or a uh, a family episode that everyone, or family episode or series that everyone likes to watch. I mean, it's Disney. I mean, 
before Star Wars signed with Disney or Lucasfilm signed with Disney, it was on its own. Um, and when you think of Disney, well, maybe not the kids in the past five years, but like me and you and, and everyone else old, older, when they think of Disney, you know, they think of Lion King, Pinocchio, Walt Disney, Disneyland, all, all of the classic. An- and then you got the older animated series. Right. Um, you know, Snow, Snow White, Cinderella, all of that. So, but it's crazy. So it's on the, like you said, on the top 10 streaming list, it's number three. So it's actually in the top five, actually it's in the top three. Number one from uh, Netflix is the Queen's Gambit, which just came out. It just came out and it's huge. And I don't know if you saw this, but they said searches for chess sets has gone up 250% on Google. Really? Wow. Well, it's one of those things. It's it's weird how that happens. You'll be nothing, and then all of a sudden something will spike. It's like, why is it spiking? And and I saw a clip. Someone they're doing this weird thingy on um uh on on Facebook to do this thing where they'll put clips from movies and it'll be some foreign website saying, name the movie, and it's this show. And I watched one of the clips, it looks very interesting, so I might have to get in there. Um, aside from one of the things we'll talk about later, because I don't want to over see everything else, but I have other stuff going on, but um, other stuff to, to talk about later on. But, um, uh, well, so so that so just back to the the other ones that beat it out. What do you think is so Queen's Gambit's number two, uh, Mandalorian is three. Um, I'm sorry, Queen's Gambit is one, Mandalorian is three. What do you think is number two? It's Netflix. And it's something that you thoroughly It's a Netflix show? Yeah. The Office? Yeah. The Office. Well, you know why? It it leaves the end of this year. It's not going to be on Netflix anymore. So everyone's binging it. I actually, you know what's funny is? um, I was waiting for the wife uh, for something to watch one of the shows we watched together. uh, Virgin River, which is an amazing show. Season two just dropped. It's over. Season two, we finished it already. But great show. Um, But... I was watching The Office while I was waiting for her, and I'm like, man, I haven't watched this in a while. Mind you, I have it all on Apple TV, so I don't have to worry about it going away because I have all the seasons, which for a PSA, if you love The Office, you should get it on Apple because it has the full music video or the full movie for um, Threat Level Midnight by Michael Scott. It's amazing. It has the actual full movie in there, so... Um, you should do that. It actually uh, makes some stuff makes more sense when you watch it the right way. So it's kind of cool. But yeah, no, I mean, The Mandalorian is very intriguing. I'm going to tell you right now my opinion of this season. It's been a phenomenal. They haven't overdone it. Um, Connor is going to tell you firsthand that he loves the fact they have made multiple characters from the EU, which is the extended universe, which is no longer canon. They have made them canon now through this whole process. So a lot of people are excited. I'm excited. And um, I can't wait till we do a recap at the end of the year for you. Um, But I think, Tim, I think I'm more excited for this, even though I'll never go to Japan. Um, Super Nintendo World. Well, before before um, we get off this really quick, there's there's two in here that just came out just this year on that top ten. The Queen's Gambit, which is number one, and Holiday, which only has one episode, is five on top five. So, so it's Shit's a movie. Creek, it's, it's not a it's not a it's not a, a show. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just gonna have one, but that like just came out 
and they do it by um, minute streaming or something like that. Yes. Sins yes. Creek is four, and then Holiday, which, like I said, just came out what this month, is number five. So obviously that is something with the Queen's Gambit that uh, that they they really liked. So um, well, you got to think though, all that stuff is streaming. Even Shit's Creek is streaming. That's why it counts. Yeah. The newest season did drop on tv but it was it's a very limited channel that most people don't most people don't get and netflix has the rights to it now i believe so they have all the seasons there now so it makes yeah. sense that all of them are streaming because that's the most convenient yeah well and and it's it's sorry just one last last thing here it says it ranks streaming shows based on the number of minutes viewers are streaming each week right so like uh mandalorian its viewers are streaming each week um, 1032 minutes the queen's gambit was eight over 1800 minutes on it so, so no but no but here's the bs part though you could put season 1 of the mandalorian on and leave and it's going to keep playing every single episode it automatically oh, yeah. goes to the next episode so yeah. you only can trust it for a little bit cuz a lot of the streaming stuff like hulu I, there's a trick to Hulu. It used to work. I don't think if it works anymore. Where you could let a season keep playing, and you would come back and you'd rewatch it, and most of the commercials would be gone because it looks like you're rewatching it, but in reality, you're actually just starting from the beginning and watching it. So yeah, you let it play through. Yeah, and I mean, all of these. I mean, you you got to take it with with the grain of salt, but I mean, still between the first and second is over 800 minutes. So yeah. Yeah, I do know the Queen's Gamut did get binge watched pretty quickly for most people. So, yeah. Um, So next we're going to Japan and they are opening up Super Mario World or Super Nintendo Nintendo. World. I should say Super Nintendo World. It looks fake. Honestly, it does not look like a real place. It looks everything looks fake. And it's opening February 4th of next year. So I was like, well, that's amazing. And I'm also like, but how are they going to open like with COVID stuff? So I don't know how they're going to do it. Cause I know a lot of the Disney's are closing over there, but um, everyone needs to Google it or see this article that Tim shared on Facebook, because when you look at it, it legit looks like a painting. It does not look like it's a real place. And obviously Japan, they go big. They have everything. Like if you see, you, you know, their artwork that's there and everything, it looks like it's legitimately in the video game. So I thought that was pretty cool, especially the visuals that I got from the article that Tim sent. It's just it's it's phenomenal what they did. I it's probably gonna be the only park because I'm sorry. I like um I like uh Disneyland, but the characters they they look like it, but you know, you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not perfect. This looks perfect, and I am entirely shocked. Yeah. Well and I mean the Super Nintendo World in here, it's it's at Universal Studios Japan. Um, they're doing one in Florida and in California, I believe, as well. It's not going to be, obviously, as big as the one in, right. in Japan. Um, but they are coming in it. And I'm excited for the one in California, even though it's going to be small, just because uh, the real estate at any parks here in California um you know, isn't as much as like a, a Florida, but no, it was crazy. I saw a video, I don't know, maybe a month ago or so of them kind of testing some like this. I don't know if it was a ride or if it was like a facade type thing mm-hmm. um, of 
uh, it looked like Mario the game where it had the mushrooms and the coin blocks and everything like that. Yep. And it looked it it was crazy. Like you said, it looked fake, and it was like stuff was going on. It wasn't like you said, just a two D. Um, I guess it wouldn't be two D, but like you said, like a painting where there was actual stuff going on. It's like, oh my gosh, that looks crazy, right? So, like you said, they they do it go big or go home. Hopefully, they're able to open on a February fourth. But the nice thing is, is instead of opening at full capacity, it'll be at you know twenty thirty percent. So they'll be able have, to break stuff in. Yeah, yeah, that that benefit of it. But then again, it stinks because they've been planning this for years now. And of course, when you finally decide to open up, is in a hundred year pandemic. So yeah. Uh, let us know what you think, what park you like, what parks you're hoping to reopen. You know, if you have any information for us, go to FOMOcast on Facebook. Like I said, look at the link tree. Um, also, check us out on YouTube, all the places. Just, you know, check us out, facebook.com slash FOMOcast, Twitter, FOMO underscore cast, and Instagram, FOMOpod. Um, next, the Batman has, the actors have wrapped filming. Doesn't mean it's going to... Um, you know, I, it doesn't mean it's a hundred percent filming's done because they do some reshoots every once in a while. I do think with COVID, it may have given them a chance to almost. They might be saving money, even though they got shut down with Robert Pattinson getting COVID, because they're probably able to rewatch everything back, and they're probably able to say, "Oh, we need to reshoot this when we get back on set." So you're not coming back a month or two later. You're doing some reshoots while you're actually doing it, and I, I know. From what I've heard, um, they're pretty much perfectionists. Everyone is on set, so I'm sure they're probably filming multiple times of different things. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, the visual they showed was it felt similar to when um, uh, uh, what was it Justice League when Batman's walking or Superman's walking through all the people dressed with the Dia de la Muerte stuff. Um, it looked kind of like that. Like they look kind of like zombie painted faces kind of thing. So that looked kind of a cool image. Um, and I'm excited to see Robert Pattinson. Everyone's hating on him, but I think he's going to do a good job. Honestly, I think he's going to do a great job. Yeah, no, I actually, to be honest, I haven't really gotten into any of the, the newer Batmans or Supermans or, or anything like that. Um, I like the, the old school ones with the, you know, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. So, um, well, you, you're being, you're joking, right? What do you mean? George Clooney is the worst Batman ever. Hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. There's a moment where Robin literally says, Holy rusted metal Batman. And they're making a reference to the original show. And he goes, What? He goes, What's wrong? He goes, No, it's literally holy rusted metal. And I'll never forget that because that was the worst line in the history of lines, man. Hey, Robin said it, not Batman. Batman had nipples in that, dude. Batman's costume had nipples. I know. It's That's, awesome. Oh, no. Okay. On to the next one. I, I can't deal with this. Um, <laughs> the Boys Season 3 is going to begin filming in, I believe, early 2021, which I'm excited for because... I haven't finished watching season two and I was waiting for them to announce um, this one. And um, yeah, I'm just excited for it. Yeah, it doesn't I'm adding something. It doesn't say um, 
when kind of just doing a quick little Google search. Uh, oh, we hope to be shooting in early 2021. Yep. So, um, yeah. We'll see. Um, I haven't finished it, so I'm not going to, don't spoil it for me, but I just thought it was good to announce that. Um, the next thing is probably the biggest news of anything, even bigger than the Bob Iger news we're going to get to later because um, Tim wrote this, and I think this, I think everything changed since Tim wrote this because it says Godzilla versus Kong is reportedly skipping theaters. All so none of them are skipping theaters. None of the. So basically, this is what's going to happen. The same next year, all Warner Brothers movies, the same day they release in theaters, they're going to release on HBO Max. And once they release on HBO Max, you have 30 days to watch them on HBO Max. And then they're going to disappear from HBO Max. And then they'll come back once they end their theater run. Now, the reason why this is very important is because places like California and um, New York, where they're closing theaters, you can still watch it. But places where the theaters are actually open, you're going to be able to go to them. So I think that's very important. But this is unheard of. Literally everything, the new Suicide Squad movie, like you said, uh, Godzilla versus Kong, the uh, Sopranos uh, prequel, I think it's a movie that was supposed to come out. That one's going to be going on there. Um, it's just, it's, it's insane how many movies, I think it says it was 17 wonder woman, 1984. That'll be going on there. 17 films will be going straight to HBO max for 30 days, mind you. So make sure you, if you have a specific movie you were looking forward to see if it's with WB, see what movies are supposed to come out next year. So you can mark it on your calendar. So you don't miss it. Cause you don't want to go on there and go, Oh, it expires today, you know, and miss it. Cause it's just usually how it happens. Um, so that one was was huge. Yeah. Well, and it's crazy, too, because it says on this article that was uh, shared on the Facebook page, it says, according to report from The Hollywood Reporter, next, Netflix has made an offer of over $200 million for the forthcoming legendary picture monster flicks. The Warner Media has blocked the deal and said it is um, to be preparing an offer for its... Uh, of its own to potentially bring the film to HBO Max. Yeah, that's and that's crazy. And that, so over it's, it's two hundred million dollars. Well, and there's some weird clause. So there's been a couple of movies that they've done that. I believe if they have any funding in it, they have first dibs at an offer. So it's kind of like NFL when you can't talk to a player until a certain date. It's the same yeah. thing with this. So it's huge. It's huge. Yeah. Um, I know that. That's crazy. There's something a little bit bigger personally for me coming up, but that's for a different reason. I just added it. Tim's not going to know about it. So, um, uh, last thing that's not Disney related is um, Call of Duty has announced December 16th they will be launching the new Warzone map, which merges the guns from Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War with the uh, new map which is called rebirth island kind of i don't know if that's officially the name so they're saying it is um i guess it goes to alcatraz and they're gonna have a new uh gulag uh, they haven't said they said make it sound like it's almost like a free-for-all like multiple people i don't know um so we'll find out but uh i'm i'm excited for it because i've been loving call of duty especially playing with tim it's 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 great you know like we have a lot of fun playing 
Um, if you watch us playing on fb.gg slash gaming, we have a lot of fun. It's literally, you know, just cracking jokes. Uh, my motto is always stay positive. So someone's being stupid or someone's saying inappropriate things to me. I've been called a lot of names playing this game. It's very toxic. Like, um, don't ever, if you guys play, don't play search and destroy. Cause if you do, it's the most toxic thing I've ever played in my life. Cause literally the other team can hear you in between matches and you can hear him screaming and just calling you all these kinds of names. So I'm excited for that. I know Tim's just impartial cause Tim doesn't like the name rebirth Island, but yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy. Speaking of, um, well, not hard off, hot off the press, but on the source that uh, I think you might have shared on the article, it says, um, might have to wait for the Warzone update. It seems it's been delayed to December 19th from December 10th. Did you say that already? No, December 16th is the new date. It was, so it was supposed to be December 11th, and everyone, like, because all the streamers were like, we're, we're taking off that day at work. To, to stream and yeah. um uh basically what's going to end up happening is they delayed it to the 16th they extended the battle pass so everyone can quote unquote get more done but i think it was just working out the kinks because there are a lot of complaints of people from call of duty uh cold war so i haven't played it yet i'm waiting um i'll be playing cyberpunk 2077 um, so on the days when Tim's not around, I might even that first night it comes out, I may just stream me playing and setting it up. Um, so, uh, keep an eye on that channel, fb.gg slash FOMOcast gaming. Um, next, oh, and, and double XP and double weapon XP Saturday, December 12th until the launch of season one on black ops. Just FYI. Yeah. So the reason why they're doing that is because, um, they're going to introduce the guns from cold war into Warzone. I think because of the bad reviews that Cold War got, I think they're trying to get uh, people to buy Cold War, play a bunch, level the guns up for Warzone. Yeah, because some people have yeah. said there are some cool weapons in in Cold War. So, um, I really hope they. I want to see if they integrate integrate the UAV stuff like that. I don't know. Um, yeah, RCXD too. So they've already they already have the the. X uh, X whatever the XD the 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 RC car with the C4 on it. They already, they already have that. It's it's been yeah. dropping like a little bit at a time, just a little bit. Um, they'll have that. They'll have that in Warzone. Yeah. Awesome. So we have a Disney pile. It's not much, but it's all it's good. The one that I just added that Tim doesn't know about. They have announced. Well, it's been leaked that the Obi Wan show is going to start filming in Boston next month. I'm excited for that. I don't know why Boston. It's kind of weird, but I'm excited for it. I I feel like you and McGregor. Um, for those that don't know, Hayden Christensen, who played Anakin Skywalker in the original trilogy, he loved he loves Star Wars. Like he loves Star Wars, and I feel like that's how you and McGregor was. He didn't love Star Wars to begin with, but when he took on the mantle of the character, he does really good by you know the character he wants to stick the characters true to it so i'm just super excited to see what he does with you know him playing old ben kenobi at this certain age that kenobi would be right now so i'm excited for that um i know tim tim probably is too how do you feel about that i uh, it'll be interesting how the take on it will be i mean definitely like these ones you get to see I mean, before you got to see a little bit of Obi Wan in the um, in the original ones, and then obviously, I mean, 
the first time you saw him was in what would that be episode four when he comes and Luke's and he figures you know every everything out on that and teaches him, um, and then he goes by the way of the Force, uh, and like I said, you get the backstory in the prequels, but to actually get you know how he got there in um, live action form. I'm sure there's there's books and everything that that you read and you may know more of it. Like I said, I'm just more of the, the casual star Wars fans, but actually seeing it, you know, like with the Mandalorian where there's a lot of ties to the clone wars and everything like that, bringing it all together um, in it with different characters worth Obi-Wan think they could do kind of this, the same thing like the Mandalorian, um, but more so on the, the Ben Kenobi story, obviously. But yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully it does well. Then that opens the door. Obviously, the Mandalorian has done well, and that's not. I mean, it is a s- single character, but kind of more so a broader race of of uh, characters. Yeah, um, and, and if you've watched the Clone Wars and Rebels, the Mandalorians are heavily featured in both of those, like a lot. So you get a lot of Mandalorian. So for those that have watched it. You know, it's it's fun and it adds to something. But everyone, um, uh, everyone knows who Obi Wan Kenobi is. Yep, exactly. And hopefully, you know, with the Mandalorian doing so well, um, that it continues with the Obi Wan and does well, and then that you know you could just keep spiraling not spiraling but keep it rolling into other ones especially you got disney plus you got your own platform with the mandalorian you have that whole soundstage and new technology and everything that you got on it that they're gonna probably you know take it take advantage of you you got it there so the more you use it <clears throat> the more you know uh i don't want to say i guess quote unquote cheaper it will <clears throat> will be um you know, getting getting the use out of it. Uh, so hopefully it, it does well. So we have more more coming in the future, whether it's going to be filler in between things um, or you know, a, a standalone um, deal on it. So well, it'll be, it'll I'm, be interesting. I'm, I'm glad mean, that it's finally coming. Well, the thing for it is we've seen so much uh, stuff to like the with the Mandalorian where basically they're introducing all these characters and the, the goal is is to have spin-offs it's it's obvious but yeah. um yeah we're going to see um we're going to see what happens i'm excited for anything that comes you know what i mean cuz yep. i mean uh, there's just so much. There's so much they could do, especially like you said with the technology, which I do have a gripe. We'll talk about uh, later at a later date, but um, you know, we'll see. Um, this new one, this next one, is is it's weird. It's weird. I don't know. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. But so so, Bob Iger is leaving Disney completely in December of next year. Now, um, the reason why this is shocking to me is, um, he's leaving because he wants to be, he wants to join, he actually wants to join President Biden's cabinet. And I'm like, you hate 
Gavin Newsom so much that you quit his task force and you're still going to support his party. I don't know. I just thought it was crazy because I think I think partially he reason why he's saying this too is because he wants to make sure they they know. You know what I mean? They want he wants people to know that he's not sticking around and he's the one thing keeping everything going right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, shoot, he. I mean, the original plan was for him. I mean, not leaving, but stepping down when he did. And then the pandemic happened. So it's like, okay, I can't really stick this new guy since, I mean, Iger's been running the company for, you know, umpteen years and knows, knows it in and out. You can't really give it the new guy, even though if, you know, he is the perfect person for it. Um, if he is the per- perfect person for it to all of a sudden, oh, hey, by the way, I turned the key keys over to the kingdom for you. Oh yeah. And all your theme parks are closed. So good luck with that. Um, right. You know, it, it was, you know, good that he kind of came back. I mean, came back and helped out, which I'm sure everyone would in that type of position, whether it was Disney or universal or, or whoever um, he's you know still going to be, or is the chairman of the board. Um, but it's interesting. Like you said, you know, how he's going to, to leave and, you know, kind of go more of the, the political route on that. Um, I mean, I he's mean, not young, he's not young, but I feel like he wants to do what Trump said he wanted to do. And he wants to better the economy because we're going to lie. Yeah. Bob Iger is an amazing businessman. He knows yep. his stuff. I don't know anything about his political background, but I have heard rumors that whenever Disney would have something happen, like they would get denied, um, like with the run Disney events, what ends up happening? Oh, all of a sudden the entire Anaheim city council changes to people who are all pro Disney and magically all the races are back open again. I've heard it's happened a couple of times. So he obviously knows how to pull strings politically and, you know, hopefully politic, um, uh, um, you know, you know, on a personal level, he wants to just better the economy. So I'm hopeful for that. Um, Exactly. And I think, I mean, he would be the perfect one to have on there, not just with his Disney background, but just his background um, in general and everything that a bigger company has done. Um, I I think people fail to realize, uh, uh, was it Michael Eisner was the one that was the president before and Disney was going downhill with him big time. Well, he, yes, but when he first came in, he did a lot of good for the company. He he did. In in the beginning, then towards, it's like any of them. And then when Eisner came in, um, there was a big down, you know, the falling off from the previous president. And I can't remember if it was Ron Miller or not. Um, And so then Eisner came in, then they do well. And then it's almost like, you know, instead of kind of coasting to the end, it's like, oh man, no! Like the board basically says, uh, almost have a vote of no confidence, and you're you're right. kicked off the island. It's kind of we're either going to vote you off or you're going to leave. The and balls he, in your court. You decide he what was, you want to do. He was Walt's grandson. Uh, Ron Miller. No, Michael Eisner. No, he's no relation to Walt. Ron Michael Miller, the Eisner? one. Yeah, no, he he wasn't. He came over from a. Uh, a different television company. Uh, Ron Miller married Diane Disney, which is Walt's daughter. The one before, I think it was the one before him. But I mean, Eisner started. Um, was is it Touchstone? The the other company, um, right? 
Oh yeah, uh, Touchstone. Touch yeah, Touchstone. Um, is yeah, he's related to yeah. Uh, yeah Touchstone, so, Touchstone is the is the regular movie company for Disney. Yeah, yeah, he started started that, especially coming from another um, movie production company uh, on, on that, and there was a couple other things that he did. Um, Splash Mountain was was his baby on that too, whether you you like it or not, and that was kind of. Uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting story there. If you ever have time to to listen to what people say about that, so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got it right. Uh, Ron Miller is who they replaced. Yeah. Yeah. If, now, if you go back before Ron Miller, I I'm I'm not <laughs> I don't know that, but um, but and Ron Miller, he was a pro football player too. Little history. But, so uh, we we'll see how the good they do. Uh, we don't get political on here, but we hope that he does well. Whatever his adventure adventures yeah. are, and, well, um, and, I'm, surprised and how, I'm surprised how old he is. Yeah, but shoot, for going into like politics, I mean, what, if you're not a lifelong politician, he's actually kind of on the younger end of of things if you think about it. But the nice thing is, is with his background, it's not all you know he's not a lifelong politician where he came from a bigger corporate background mm-hmm. so hopefully you know with with that he leads it the right way and i know you could talk about any big corporations or whatnot you know you got the Koch brothers in there or Koch brothers in there and whatnot and they just hey we got enough money we'll just buy our way into it um or with him uh, I don't think he's he's necessarily like that and not coming from the, the political background and dealing with politics, um, hopefully more of a of a well, businessman. He's business dealt with politics quite a bit. You work for a Disney company, you're dealing with politics. <laughs> no, it, 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 exactly. But I mean, you know, it's not like he's on the, like I said, a lifelong politician. Yeah, he does deal with politics, but it's also he's running uh, running the company site it's more company politics than actually, you know, politics, politics. So, um, hopefully he, he does well. I, I, I wish him luck and hopefully he could, uh, you know, they listen to him and, and can, can bring some, some new younger blood in there, even though he isn't that young. Yeah. Um, my favorite, topic we're going to talk about today is this imagineer is retiring um what's his name john what joe roadie joe roadie he has a nickname apparently um um he's the one that has the he's a, a very unique um imagineer and especially what his kind of his trademark is and you would that, think he has that big old earring with all the things in it <laughs> Yeah, you wouldn't necessarily think about it, especially, you know, where Disney came from and being clean cut, no tattoos or whatnot. And now, you know, you still have to be presentable, but, um, you know, you could uh, have tattoos, but they can't be visible. You could have facial hair, longer hair. It's just got to be be nice, presentable. Or with him, he basically has, you know, he his trademark is for any places that he went he would get like a souvenir earring from there or memento piece, which would be an earring from there. And he'd put it obviously on his earlobe. And then every time he'd get one, he put it on there and now he's got And it's only on one ear. 
So it looks like he he's gauged out his ears, but it's just from all the weight. Yeah, the weight from it, and every single one of those has a special tie to him and has a story um, about it. It's not like oh, that's cool. Let me put it on. And I think what it is is every place that he's been um, that he went to research for Disney that that would be a memento that he he'd get from there. Like if he went to Kenya or somewhere like that, he'd get something from there um, and put it on, on his ear. So like you said, not, uh, what you normally would think of a Disney Imagineer, but that's his, that's his thing. So it's sad, sad to see him go after, uh, I think it's 40 years he's been there. So, and, uh, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have such things as, you know, Animal Kingdom, Alani in Hawaii, uh, Pandora, uh, Pandora, he uh, did Guardians the Guard- of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Yep, Guardians Which of the I Galaxy. That's when he um that's when he got really famous. Tell your wife said a hi, I can see her in the background. Um I shall. <laughs> Um, he, he, he became really famous after the guardians of the galaxy ride came out because like, he was so stoked about that. He was always talking about it in all the interviews. He was the go-to guy. It was so awesome. Yeah, no, he very, very passionate about it. And the funny thing is, is he came to Disney, had no clue about Imagineering or anything like that. He was just, um, a kid that wanted to work, work for Disney and where he's gone to and, um, you know, where he's going to retire as isn't what he had absolutely no background in that. He just thought it was cool and just immerse himself in it with the best people that was there when he got there 40 years ago and just mm-hmm. learned from them. So, um, yeah, no, it was it's awesome. Sad to see. And I'm sure everyone's like, oh, my gosh, he's gone. You know, how can you lose a mind like that? It's like, well, dude, he's been there for 40 years. Say he got there at 20. He's, that means he's 60. And doesn't mean he's gone forever. They'll come back. They'll consult him on some stuff like any of the, the popular um, Imagineers or, or anyone there. He'll still come back and, and consult because you're not completely – or he's not going to completely be like, okay, lose my phone number. Here's my last day. See you later. I'm sure there are people that want to do that, and you probably know those type of personalities beforehand. But for him, I think um, you know definitely would be someone where he'd have an open line of – of communication plus 40 years Imagineering at Disney. And you could be like, okay, Hey, here, here's my price. Kind of take it or leave it because you know what I bring to the table. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the last thing we have to talk about is a hilarious. Video. Have you seen the video on it? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, I nice. watched the video. Okay. Um, somebody, Somebody, so so for those who don't know, I, I haven't been on it, but I've seen the videos. Tim's been on it. So Rise of the Resistance is interactive. So you can push buttons and touch stuff when you go and buy and things light up and make noises, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, very so, so in Disney World, someone walked up and pushed the button, and the guy breaks character kind of, not really, but kind of. You can tell he's like, did you just push that button? Yeah. And it was the button to start the ride, I believe, or stop the ride. I can't remember. It- yeah, it, it it wasn't a fake button that made a noise. It was actually a legit. It was a legit ride button, but I believe you had to push multiple buttons in order for, to make the button work. Yeah. But and Disney even said Disney put out a tweet, I believe, that said 
it's kind of our own fault because we made the ride so interactive. We can't blame the person because that's what people have said is with the new restrictions on, on the ride and having social distancing, the problem you run into is you have all these people more scattered out and you can't watch them all. So you can't be just standing next to this thing because everyone's in there. you got to make sure they're wearing their mask and doing this and doing that. So um, I did appreciate the fact that they were like, this is not anyone's fault. And they were kind of like, you know, this is kind of funny. You know, this is what happens. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it was like you said, the cast members, I thought, did a fantastic job of still staying in character because on that ride, you know, they're stern anyways. That's the characters that, that they are because, you know, you're now on uh, the rebel base. So, and your prisoners, <clears throat> so, you know, they're already mad that you're there. Yeah. But, and, and it wasn't like, oh my gosh, don't touch that. You know, something's going to, you know, he's got to go back and reset or e-stop it or anything like that. It was, you know, like you said, hey, did you push that button? Did you push that button? He's like, that, and then that, it was, that's it was two. <laughs> and, and then two guys come up right there and, and he's like, oh, I don't think I was supposed to push that. And he's giggling the whole time. And then it's like, oh, and then it finally clicked. It's like, oh, I don't think I was supposed to push that button. And, I mean, if you don't know and haven't been to Disneyland, it looks like a normal button. But if you've been there like you and me, you know it's some type of ride button because they're, yes. they're distinct buttons. Yes. But like you said, it's so interesting. You know, like you said, even in the, um, the Million Smugglers run, the Million Falcon one, you're walking through you're you're supposed to touch stuff on it mm-hmm. uh, but that one it was it it was it was pretty funny and i'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner than which than they that. did say they said we are surprised this hasn't happened sooner because everything is so interactive here you know yeah. and for those that don't know they have books about the black spire outpost based on the disney itself um they have that rebel who runs around and well she used to when it was open fully and she would like say, "Are you a part of the resistance?" And you could actually call stormtroopers up to come get her. Like if you said you were you were a part of the empire, and yeah. so everything is everything in that whole place is interactive. And they have been hinting at things from that in the Mandalorian, which is kind of cool too. So, um, yeah, I, I like that video. And go to our Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/FomoCast. Check that out. Go to our YouTube, search FomoCast. Check out FOMO Pod on Instagram, FOMO underscore cast on Twitter. Check out TC Mendo on YouTube and on Twitch. They're the same on both for his streaming whenever he decides to pick one or the other. And then make sure to follow us, uh, our gaming stuff on FOMO Cast Gaming. So FB.GG slash FOMO Cast Gaming. Um, and we have a group. Uh, we have two groups. I can't figure out which one I'm going to keep. There's FOMO Cast Gaming and there's a FOMO Cast uh gaming squad i don't know which i'm gonna keep but i'll pick one eventually um so we've had a lot of fun it's not as long as the last one because we've actually not gone for two weeks so we've kind of capped recapped everything quicker uh but me and tim will have a little recap thing at the end of the mandalorian season to see how we felt about it our things we think are going to happen maybe even do some live education of tim because tim doesn't know the eu the same way i do um but uh, thank you all for listening all the time. Thank you for going to the YouTube. I know you people do. Um, we greatly appreciate all of you. And also, if you want to know deeper dive stuff on The Mandalorian, 
go to ConCon's Cantina because they know their stuff. I literally talked to Connor and I work for the same company. So me and Connor, he's on the East Coast, I'm on the West Coast. So we talk a couple hours every day at least just about how our days are going, how's the podcast going, just shooting, you know, the breeze. And his knowledge and Justin's knowledge and their guest knowledge on Star Wars is so epic. Um that you you can learn so much and make so much more make sense and i actually relate to tim so when i talk to tim when we're gaming he's like hey can you explain this i know some of it from clone wars and for listening to some of the books on audible but um con con's cantina is your go-to place um for that because they just know so much and also justin if you've stayed through to the end of this i just want to let you know that connor mcleod is the best highlander just so you know so uh for the FOMO cast, I'm Chris. I'm Tim. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>